If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Medicine in America, hosted by Anthony Manson and Todd Harrington, shares the stories of physicians, other healthcare professionals, and industry leaders who are changing the way we deliver care. There's an episode that you should check out called Primary Care Reimagined with Subscription-Based Preventative Care Model. It's an inspiring call for a paradigm shift in primary care. All of their episodes highlight innovative ideas at the forefront of the movement to transform our healthcare system. Check out Medicine in America on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. This is your host, Dr. Erica, and welcome to this episode of Better with Dr. Erica. This time, we'll be discussing increasing your confidence, finding your purpose, and taking action to get your better life. My guest is Drexwell Seymour, who is an accountant, author, and radio host that is on a mission to inspire, encourage, and influence others to overcome setbacks and systemic injustice and to also find their purpose. Now, doesn't that sound like some great stuff? Now, the questions this episode will answer are, how can you move past feelings of inferiority or low self-esteem? What is the greatest obstacle in the lives of most people? How do you find your purpose? And what is the relationship between money and happiness? I can't wait for that one. Between imposter syndrome, inferiority complexes, and dealing with the stress of adulting, this episode has something for everyone. So you're not going to want to miss a single minute of it. Now, you know we have some shareable moments here on Better with Dr. Erica. So let me tell you how we share it in Better Nation. All you have to do is post on social media the information or the shareable clip and use the hashtag Better Nation. It's that simple. So rather than talk your ear off, let's go ahead and get to the episode. On to the show. Better with Dr. Erica. Hey, y'all. Welcome to this episode of Better with Dr. Erica. I am your host, Dr. Erica, Harvard-trained, double-board-certified psychiatrist and integrative lifestyle coach. I'm on a mission to help you be better, do better, and live better. I do that through a few things, including my telepsychiatry, my books, and this podcast, but I do all this to help busy people like you that show up for everyone. I do this to put you back in your life. Now, I am so excited for this episode. I know I've been doing a few solo episodes, and I am ecstatic to be back with another human being. I am an only child, but I don't always prefer to just sit and talk to myself, even though I am virtually talking to you. So let's go ahead and get to it. I am super excited about my guest today, Drexwell Seymour. You know, his name is so cool. I need to say it one more time. Drexwell Seymour. I know. Dennis, I don't know if people tell you that your name sounds so distinguished. I, I do get that a lot. I do get that a lot. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. Now, now you people out there in podcast land, my better nation, you know, I said this season I was not going to be the official bio reader. Even though I do read well and scored well on my SATs, I'm not going to be reading all of the bios. But there's one line in his bio that I love that I'm going to say before I let him tell you a little bit more about himself. So 
says Drexwell is a man on a mission to inspire, encourage, and influence others to overcome setbacks and systemic injustice and define their purpose in life. I love all of that. So as I said, I'm not about reading all of the bios. So can you tell the people a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Well, I am a, I'm a professional certified public accountant. And I've been one since 1992. And I have my own accounting firm. And I also am a property manager. But really and truly, the thing I like most is um, writing. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm an author. I published my first book. Um, around September last year, entitled Rise Up and, and Take Your Position. And the book is really to encourage people to, to, to rise up. And it also shares part of my story whereby I um, suffer from inferiority complex. And so I want to share my story with others because I believe there are a lot of people out there who are going through the same thing I went through or similar issues. And so that's why I wrote that book, to encourage others as well. So how did you make this jump from accounting to speaking and inspiring others? I'm curious to know, how did this happen? You know, I'm still doing my accounting job. I have an accounting firm. But but, um, I think about four years ago, I wrote an article. And when I wrote the article, there was so much feedback about the article. And then I continued to write every week. And I got a lot of feedback. It was making a positive impact. And I realized that this is a missing um, gift I had that I didn't know because I didn't like writing. And, and, and that's something I just started doing on a, on a, on a weekly basis. And now it's, it's part of me. It just happened. Oh. There, was no, there was no magic or any secret to it. It just happened. Yes. It was, a hidden, it was a hidden talent that um, I wanted to address an issue. And I wrote about it. And then I realized, wait a minute. You you have this this gift inside of you. I know you talked about the inferior inferiority complex. I don't know why I can't talk today. <laughs> you can. <laughs> I really can. I promise I can. How did you identify that that was something that you were struggling with, and that that would be something you would eventually become passionate about helping others with? Honestly, I didn't know that I identified that. It, it's only about. Uh, I knew I was suffering growing up in, in most of my adult life, but I didn't know what it was. And I know I didn't like myself, and I always used to compare myself to other people, but I didn't know what it was until a few years ago I started doing some research and came across inferiority complex. And I said, oh, that's, that's what I suffered from. But I knew I was suffering from something. I just didn't know what it was called. Okay. And how would you define an inferiority complex? I think I would define that as thinking of yourself less significant or unimportant or just thinking that you're nobody, really. I, I think that's inferior. And, and I, nobody really is inferior to you. But we live in this world where people think they are. You have different classes of people. And, mm-hmm. and we go in a society where we think that is the case, but it's not the case. Nobody's better than you. Until you know that, you might not know that. And I see those kinds of issues with people I deal with frequently from either coaching, speaking, or even in my psychiatry practice. It's just this, there are so many times in life that you can get this message that you're not good enough or you're not smart enough. And for a lot of people, these messages start 
in childhood for you? Do you feel like this started when you were younger or that anybody else impacted you feeling this way or that it just kind of was what it was? Oh, for sure. I could tell you it started from childhood. Probably I, I, from the time I can remember myself, which is from five years old, it started from then. Because I was very, I'm very dark. And so I used to be called, you know, very dark. I used to call black, mm. I used to be called ugly. And so I thought I was not good enough. And so that was from my childhood up to my adult. What do you think helped you start being able to move through or conquer those feelings of inferiority? Honestly, it, it took very, very many years um, of support, encouragement from, from my wife. Um, after I met my wife, um, I started to think that about myself. And then we got married. She continued to encourage me. And I think the love and support from her really is the main factor that allowed me to, to overcome the inferiority complex. Thank you. And it's great to hear how someone that you loved and cared for could help support you. And it's also one of the things we see that happens when it comes to building resilience is that there can be some external factors that can actually help build you up. But the interesting thing about what you were talking about as far as just feeling like you were were less than is there's actually, and this may not be your story, it's something we keep talking about at times around mental health, about different things. Because people are like, well, I think I'm depressed. Am I depressed? And those kinds of things. There's a specific symptom called negative cognitive distortions. Mm -hmm. And that's when instead of seeing the world through rose-colored glasses, it's like seeing it through gray ones that your mind kind of picks out the best, like the worst case scenario with everything and just sees kind of the negative in it. But it's interesting kind of hearing your journey of how to overcome these things because we, we've we talked about so many different things and just common conversation, especially during the pandemic as far as you know, at this point, we're talking about the inferiority complex, which sounds like kind of a cousin of imposter syndrome. But then we're also talking about people that have just been beat down by just how judgmental and mm -hmm. just how society can be. Is that what would you recommend for people for trying to get over these feelings of inferiority as far as what you've seen or what you speak about? What are some things that you recommend? Okay, great. Well, first of all, I think um, I think I was suffering from what is the game you call it? Negative cognitive distortion. Yeah, because I used to think the worst of every situation, so I, I think I was in that category. I I think people personally, based on my experience, um, I think we keep too many things to ourselves. I think we need to find someone, someone that you trust, that you could talk about your feelings. Um, and I think that's, that's a big step in helping individuals to overcome. Because keeping things to yourself, you're not going to get any better. It might, get, it might even get worse. But if you find someone um, who you can talk to, and, and they will hopefully counsel you, mentor you, and, 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 and you know, provide encouragement to you, I think that's the very, very first step in, in overcoming that. Oh my God, this is a great conversation. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back with more conversation from my amazing guest and yours truly on Better with Dr. Erica. Better with Dr. Erica. 
It's time for What's Up with Dr. Erica. So let me tell you what's been going on in my world lately. Unfortunately, recently I heard a colleague, another fellow black female physician, had died by suicide. And it's just always so tragic when we hear those things. And at this point, probably most of your lives have been touched by someone that you know or someone that you know, who knows someone that you know, who has passed away by suicide. And I just want to take a quick moment and talk about the importance of seeking mental health early, not waiting for a crisis and being proactive because you and those you love deserve great mental health. And if you know someone that is struggling or you're struggling, let me name three quick things that you can do. One is you can support the person you care about by just listening and being present. Number two, you can help them with the arduous process of finding a mental health provider. Number three, you can actually go with them to seek help. Because sometimes when people are emotionally overwhelmed or emotionally exhausted, it's hard to remember all the details. But a lot of this just all boils down to being present. So I know a lot of times people are, well, what can you do? I just wanted to say three quick things that can be helpful when someone you know is struggling. And sometimes it's so bad you just have to get someone to the hospital. But I, I don't want anyone to feel helpless. And I want everyone to get their mental health treatment sooner than later so that we can avoid these types of situations. Back to the show. Better with Dr. Erica. For me, being a mental health professional and a psychiatrist, I think one of the things that's so important in these types of, of issues is there's, there's going to be that community or those people that hold space for you that may not be trained professionals. But I also think there's a huge role. This is someplace where mental health professionals can actually serve a huge role as far as helping people to decode what's underneath it. Because there may be times where you you're having problems with motivation or you're feeling bad about yourself or that you're not good enough. And sometimes it's helpful to see if there's something else underneath it mm -hmm. or, or why you even feel that way. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the reasons I'm a huge fan of also the mental health checkup, just getting checked out, but also just having someone to talk to, to hold space for you. Because one of the things we've seen, especially during the pandemic is a lot of people are struggling, and as we say, on the struggle bus. And sometimes there are people that you would normally talk to that right now just don't have the capacity to hold space for you like they could have two or three or four years ago before it seems like the world fell off of its axis, which is a whole additional other conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's one of the reasons I'm a huge fan of it, because for these kinds of things like feeling inferior, feeling like you have imposter syndrome, feeling bad about yourself, that sometimes it's good to have someone that can help you probe professionally and, and find what's underneath that. And I know yeah. we, we've, we've been talking about that being one of the obstacles that you faced. And I know you do a lot of work with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. What What is the greatest obstacle in the lives that you find in most people? You know, the greatest obstacle, I, I, I think, is fear, um, if, if we can consider fear an obstacle. But I believe fear is the greatest obstacle. People are so afraid. Um, people are afraid 
of their own selves. They, I mean, they, they, didn't, they have so many good things within them, but they didn't even realize that they have it within them. They're, they're afraid. They're afraid of what people think about them. They are afraid of failure. They're just simply afraid to, to make the, the necessary mm -hmm. steps to make it to the next level. So fear, I think, is the, is the greatest obstacle. If you can overcome fear, oh man, you're on your way to your destiny. Now, what do you say to those people that say, fear makes you do better? I don't know about that. I mean... <laughs> I didn't say that's my opinion. Yeah, it's I just those, There's some folks that are kind of like, well, fear, fear drives you. <laughs> what do you say to them? You know, sometimes it's good to have something to, 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 to push you, but not everybody... Everybody's unique. Everybody's in, is different. But to some people, fear might be a good thing. Um, but to most people, I think fear is not a good thing. Um, it can't be a good thing. It's, it's, to me, fear is something negative. Well, and one of the things that is interesting to me is I've recently, I'm in kind of a period of just restoration. So Okay. Consequently, I have probably watched way too much random television while I've been restoring. Okay. But but it what you're saying brings to mind kind of why people have these love for like action movies and heroes. Oh, yeah. Partially because these are people that either seem to easily face their fears or they just seem like they're not afraid. And I feel like so many times people want to not feel afraid because it's so uncomfortable. It is very, un it's very uncomfortable because if you, if you're afraid, you're going to end up not having any confidence in yourself. Um, it, you, fear will, fear will control you and anything that controls you will determine, you know, your, your outcome. And, and, and so fear is, is definitely something that people need to overcome. Definitely. And one of the things I remember I was sitting, I periodically will supervise um, residents. If, mm -hmm. if somehow some of you listeners out there, psychiatrists are medical doctors. <laughs> so we went to medical school. So sometimes as an attending, you'll work with residents, students, or fellows. And I remember working with this resident that just seems so free to speak his opinion constantly. Not it was wasn't bad. It just was interesting seeing it from the lens of being a black female physician, remembering mm -hmm. when I was in med school, when I was in training, and all of those messages that go through your mind that you're thinking, I can't say anything wrong because then somebody will think this about me. Right. Someone already thinks I, I'm not as smart because I'm black. Just all these things going through your head mm -hmm. and seeing how much freedom to learn and be confident that I've right. seen in a lot of the white male trainees that mm -hmm. I've worked with. Because historically, quite a few of them just did not, they just didn't carry that baggage of being told or taught. That's true. That they weren't good enough or mm -hmm. something was wrong with them or mm -hmm. being afraid somebody would misperceive them. Mm -hmm. And seeing how light 
you can see when you start comparing and contrasting people that have fear and it's, you know, and I, I want to be clear, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that there's something, you did something wrong because you have fear, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, um, life can give you lessons that also yeah. teach you to be afraid, Yeah, but it's amazing the amount of freedom you have when you're able to face your fears. Yeah, absolutely. And this comes up a lot with like imposter syndrome when it comes to one of one of the one of the proven solutions is to do reality testing mm. and to either have it written yourself or have people you can talk to that remind you of all the great things you've done because especially in professional environments and even personal ones that when you are afraid to move forward or to take a chance or to do something new or even to speak to someone or approach someone, then you may be losing opportunities Mm -hmm. that you could have been very well suited from. Yeah. Yeah. You're, 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 you're so right. I also, also recommend people to tell themselves, you know, you know, you know, write down things that they know that they're good in and, and remind themselves every day who they are. You know, you don't really have to wait on others, others to tell you. Remind yourself who you are. Wake up every morning. You know, I'm important. I could do this. I am, you know, you know. Well, there's no, there's no shortage of reason why that's one of the big themes in most Marvel movies. <laughs> Everyone can remember that scene in Black Panther when the queen's like, Tell them who you are or show oh, them who yes, you are. Yes, yes. And he's like, I am T'Challa. You know, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's there's something beautiful about when identity can be used in the positive. Yes, for sure. It, it brings me a, a lot of joy to think about that. But I also realize that for so many people, these challenges of how to deal with fear and it's become even worse in this season where people are having more fear and anxiety than historically happened in the past because mm-hmm. there have been so many inputs that were reality based that the world isn't safe. Yes. Which is, I think it's, is a challenge for all of us to continue to learn and problem solve how to work through fear. But I yeah. also think that's one of the reasons that I'm a, I told you before, I'm a big fan of everybody having a therapist, mm-hmm. but also sometimes when it comes to some other endeavors, coaches can also be helpful mm-hmm. when it comes to trying to figure out how to, how to move past those fears right. and be able to move into your purpose because you're not afraid to live in it. But I know you work a lot with purpose. So how, how do you suggest that people find their purpose? You know, first of all, I believe, let me just make it clear. I believe that everybody has a purpose. I want everybody to know that because some people believe that they're on this earth and they don't have a purpose. Everybody has a purpose. You, you, were, you were not created just to be created here. You were created for a purpose. And there are things within inside of you that you find joy. And to me, that's a hint. That is your purpose. The things that you enjoy doing, the things that you go to sleep thinking about, the things that you wake up 
thinking about, the things that you don't have to be worrying about, oh, man, I don't feel like getting up to go to work. Those are the things. Um, they are the flags. They are the, they are the identification to determine what your purpose is. It, it might not even be your current job. That's okay. You may be in that job because, you know, that's what you study and you're making money from it. But they're deep within you. There's something greater that you enjoy. And I think that is where you connect to your purpose. And that's where I found my purpose, which is to inspire, to influence, and to encourage people. And I do that through my writings, and I do that through my YouTube, and I did it through my book. Okay. And we'll, we'll be talking about more about what's going on with this book and this YouTube. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting when talking about finding my finding your purpose. One of my um, coaches, Dr. Dre, when we have conversations around it, he also talks about what what would you do for free that you would love. Oh, um, and I, I find that pretty powerful. But I yes. I I think the the interesting thing about purpose work is sometimes people get so tied up with purpose as related to work. Yes. Um, where there may also be more of purpose as far as more of an existential mm-hmm. idea of what purpose is and then finding ways for everything to align. But mm-hmm. I do I do feel like one of one of the brilliant things about being able to discover your purpose is not only does it give inspiration of why you exist so that when you're in when you're on the struggle bus or you're mm-hmm. having difficulties, you believe there's a reason you're here. Mm-hmm. But in addition, if you are able to better identify your purpose, then it makes it easier to make sure that the different areas of your life align with your purpose, be it your vocation or your work, mm-hmm. your interpersonal relationships, how you interact with your family, what you do in the community. If it all feels aligned, it will probably feel intuitively better for you. Mm-hmm. So I think that kind of work is is really important. That's true. And, and also when people are are struggling with, with mental health, and especially when people start getting on the edge of feeling helpless or hopeless, um, it's also probably one of the reasons that data shows that um, for for often for people that belief in some higher power helps them feel like there's more of a meaning or reason for them to live is that those are all things that kind of tether you to this, this part of your life that I I do think it's important to start identifying those things, especially because so many things in the world are fleeting. Yes. Yes. You know, Mm -hmm. money can change. Your physical location can change, your health can change, mm-hmm. but it's a lot easier to feel better if you have an understanding of your purpose. That's a very good point you raise. I, I absolutely agree with you. So I can't let this this slide by since you are an accountant in the middle of inspiring people. <laughs> what What is your theory or your idea between the relationship of money and happiness? Well, everybody, everybody needs money, I believe. I believe everybody needs money. But 
you could have money and still be unhappy. It'd be nice if you could, if you have money and be happy. That's that. That's powerful. Um, money, money could help you to be happy, but you could don't have any money and still um, be happy. Um, happiness to me is is achieving is achieving your goals that you that you set to you know that you establish and you and you achieve them. That's being to me that's being happy, living out and achieving the goals. And I believe that if you do that, money will come. Mm-hmm. That's what I believe. But you don't need to go in life pursuing money, so to speak. I think you should pursue your goals. Um, Pursue your purpose, and then the money will flow. And that's, to me, how money and, and happiness um, equate. It will come afterwards. That reminds me a little bit. There's this book by Ken Honda called Happy Money. Oh, okay. I have to check that out. And it talks about the the energy and the relationships with money. It's quite intriguing. My mindset coach, Dr. Carol Penn, who is wonderful, recommended it to me. I mm-hmm. totally totally love this book. Um, and I wanted to get your take on this because sure. number one, you, you deal with the money. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be good with the money at least I do. I to, do to not have everybody getting audited because <clears throat> nobody wants the audit. No. Uh, but, but I do think there are, there are these things, especially that you talked about when it comes to the pursuit of goals or what you define as happiness and then also financial freedom. And I agree with you. I think people mm-hmm. that say money doesn't matter at all are straight lying. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you look at the hierarchy of needs. People, you know, if you don't have enough money, you can't pay your bills. You can't eat. You can't keep a roof over your head. Exactly. You're focused on survival. You are not going to be focused on what brings me joy or as um, Marie Kondo would say, what sparks joy. You're mm. not going to be concerned about what's sparking joy. But I do also agree with the fact that how I interpret what you said, you can let me know if my interpretation sure. <laughs> sure. is that if you are are living in your purpose and pursuing your goals and taking care of yourself, it puts you in a better space to be in a space of abundance, which will attract the money. Absolutely. You, you did it well. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So I, I'd say this is my other plug is having good mental health will help you have more money. Yes. You, you need to be, you need to have a, you need to be mentally well. Because if you're not, you're going to spend all your time being depressed or being concerned. But if you're mentally well, you know, it will allow you to, to, to um, be free and, and, and give you the energy and the drive to, to, to do what you want to do. But when you're not, you may end up staying home and hiding from people and not doing anything. Well, and, and you you did just name some of the some of our symptoms, <laughs> but but at the end of the day, you need the cognitive clarity that comes with mental wellness to make the best decisions on not only how to manage your money but how to work smarter, not harder. True. And the more cognitive capacity you have and cognitive clarity, the better decisions you can actually make with your money. 
True. So as we talked about the money, we talked about the inferiority complex. Can you tell the people a little bit more about this book? Okay, so my book is called um, Rise Up and, and Take Your Position. So basically, it's on Amazon. And basically, I came up with those words because I find that too many of us are just laying down, waiting on the right person, waiting on the right moment, and there's no, or the perfect person, the perfect moment, and there's no perfect moment, perfect person. So I think the time is for us to get up now. And so I, I want to encourage people to rise up. From wherever you, wherever you are, get up, cultivate those gifts within you, invest in those gifts, and, and rise up. And when you rise up, and you are able to, to um, pursue those gifts that you have within you. You are, you are walking in your destiny. And that is what this book about. It's, it, it was really catered towards people who are suffering from, from low self-esteem. Because you find they're very depressed or don't want to talk to anybody. They're in a small little corner. And so that's why I say, you better rise up and take your position. And that's what the book is about. Okay, I love it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you got to get up and get moving. It's kind of like yes. Dory. Just yes. keep swimming. Yes, you got to. Because if you don't do it, nobody's going to do it for you. And sometimes we wait on people. Or we say, oh, you're waiting on the Lord. You're waiting on the Lord. You know, but the Lord will not physically come down and do it for you. He may send someone to you. You, don't even, you might reject that person because you say you're waiting. You need to realize it's the moment is now, so rise up. Better with Dr. Erica. Welcome to Goodwin Medical Associates, where we provide customized, caring telepsychiatry that is delivered with compassion by a Harvard-trained, double-board-certified psychiatrist. Don't you know that everyone, including you, deserves great mental health? Visit www.goodwintelepsych.com for more information and to book your free consultation. Let me introduce you to Better Nation. Better Nation is the community of people that follow the Better with Dr. Erica podcast that are like you and want to be better, do better, and live better. By becoming a member of Better Nation, you also get to receive member-only bonus content to put you officially in the inner circle. Show notes with timestamps so you don't have to search for your favorite moments and some bonus free coaching tools. So visit joinbetternation.com. That's joinbetternation.com to become a VIP and be a part of Better Nation. Better with Dr. Erica. And this is a great place for us to switch over to Speed Brown. You ready? Of course. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm doing spirit fingers, but y'all can't see my spirit fingers. Mm. First question is, what are your three favorite songs? Hmm. My three, my, you know what? I'll be honest with you. Whitney Houston is my favorite um, okay. musician. I do like um, her song. I wonder what, I mean, what, oh, what, oh my God, I'm embarrassed. I can't <laughs> Whitney Houston songs. It's okay. Every once in a while, someone this is a question that I used to think was so easy that stumps people. So you were oh not the first. Oh, my gosh. I can't remember her songs. It's okay. We can give you credit. Whitney Houston, Whitney Houston, Whitney Houston. <laughs> How's that sound? 
Yes, yes. Um, I will always children. love you. Yes. That that's one of my. Oh, you lost. Can you see me? I still hear you and see you. Okay, I will always love you. I really love that song. Um, I think that's my favorite song. Okay. I can't think of three right now. It's okay. We're we'll, we'll mm -hmm. just, we just going to spread it with Whitney Houston. Yes. Oh, Whitney. What is one free thing that you do for self-care? Honestly, writing. That's a therapy for me. Okay. Um, it might not be the same for everybody, but I find writing is a free. It's free. I do it freely. Um, it's, it, 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 it's a relief for me. When I write, I write two articles a week okay, on a, on cool. a weekly basis. So that's, that's what I do. I love it. Yeah. And what's something about you that most people don't know? Believe it or not, I'm a shy person. Okay. People might not think that, but I, because I'm out there, I have my YouTube channel, I, I'm in the public, I'm, I'm writing articles, but I'm a shy person. I will take that. Mm-hmm. And the last thing is, what's something that has helped you get through the pandemic? Um, I think um, I, I, we kept ourselves um, preoccupied doing different things. Like we started a, a backyard gardening. Uh, we started doing different projects. And I was just living on... I was just living on hope. My relationship with God is what kept me through the pandemic. I was just believing that it's going to get better. So I, I was living on hope. Hey, I'm a fan of that. Yeah. Hope, hope and gardening. I'm, I'm down. <laughs> I am totally down. So as we are wrapping up, do you have any final thoughts or takeaways for Better Nation? Well, I just want to... Um, encourage the, um, the listeners that um, whatever they have, to use it. Stop, stop looking at what you do not have or stop waiting for the right moment, as I mentioned earlier. Use whatever you have. And I believe that everything that you need to do it's within you. It's within okay. your reach. And whether it's in your arm, whether it's in your hand, whether it's in your yard, whatever, it's within you. Okay, and that's I'm, what I encourage people to do. I'm down with that. My next question is, where can the people find you? Well, my, my book is on Amazon. And my, my YouTube, um, you can just pull up my name, um, Drexwell Seymour. And I have okay. a website, www.draxwellseymour.com. Okay. And for the people out there, if you're not sure how to spell his name, all of these are in the description too. Yes. And you can also see his name on the covers. So I am so excited. I am too. I'm just so, I'm, I'm feeling emotional. Maybe it's, oh. I, I think I'm getting sensitive in my older age. Hmm. I'm older than I look. But I first want to just say thank you so much for taking time out of your busy life to spend some quality time with myself and my listeners. 
I appreciate the opportunity. I know there are plenty of things you could be doing right now, including even being in your lovely garden. And you, you chose to give of yourself to us, and I do not take that lightly. Next, I want to say thank you to all my listeners. Thank you. There are a million podcasts you could be listening to, but you decided to have us in your ears, and I know you had choices, so thank you. So I'd have to say my last thought would be I'm going to piggyback on, on Sir Drexwell. Is that two things. One is there's something magical about being in a space of gratitude. Part of the reason it's magical is that gratitude helps you from being stuck in a space of scarcity. Because if you look at the law of attraction, scarcity and scarcity mindset attracts more scarcity. Definitely not sexy. If you feel like you don't have enough, the last thing you want is to have even less. So I'm a huge fan of the positive energy of gratitude. I'm also a huge fan of taking action. I often talk about this equation, self-awareness plus action equals peace. But with all these different ways that people look at mindset from law of attraction or just how to do stuff, is that there's you always have to have some action. Most things don't just magically happen and you did absolutely nothing. And so I want to just encourage all of you out there to at least every day think of at least three things that you're grateful for. But the next thing is is take action, even if that action for you is something as simple as getting out of the bed and getting dressed. But I need you to take some action, even if it is a baby step towards your goals. If it's making one phone call, if it's going to one meeting, if it's going to some type of networking thing, if it's showing up for some class or looking some online YouTube video to learn a skill, but just take one step towards your goals. Because all you have to do is keep taking one step after another. There's that Martin Luther King quote about, I need to look it up because I never say it quite right about that. You don't need to see the whole staircase. You only need to see the next step. So I just want to encourage you out there. There's so much going on in the world right now that I do not want you to limit yourself. There are enough people and things out there that are going to try to limit you. You don't need to be one of them. So that's what I got for you today. Thanks again for tuning in to Better with Dr. Erica. As I said before, thank you so much for showing up. Thank you for my wonderful guest, Dr. Oh, I'm giving you extra names. Hey. I'm giving you credentials. I'm giving you credentials. Thank, thank you, Drexwell Seymour, for, for showing up and showing out for us today. Everyone out there, if you like what you heard, please share. Don't let this be the best kept secret. Tell your Uber driver, your Instacart person, your DoorDash person, your Uber Eats person, your mama, your daddy, your cousin, your best friend. Tell folks about the podcast, Better with Dr. Erica. You know what you've been listening to. The next thing is if you have time, you enjoyed it, please rate and review. That helps us get even more guests and more resources. And the last thing is I want you to take your left hand, put it on your right arm. Take your right hand, put it on your left arm. Give yourself a big squeeze. You deserve a hug. Give yourself a hug. And you know I come out with new episodes on Tuesdays. Just check out Better with Dr. Erica next Tuesday. You start missing me, you can always binge listen. Until next time, have a better day. 
Find me on social media at Dr. Erica, D-O-C-T-O-R-E-R-I-C-K-A on all social media and online at betterthepodcast.com. That's betterthepodcast.com. If you like what you heard, tap on that subscribe or follow button, then click share and click rate and review. Now, don't panic if you don't see rate and review. Sometimes it mainly shows up on Apple Podcasts and Audible. But I appreciate hearing your feedback. Check back weekly for new episodes. They drop on Tuesday mornings. Until next time, be better, do better, live better. Better with Dr. Erica. If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Medicine in America, hosted by Anthony Manson and Todd Harrington, shares the stories of physicians, other healthcare professionals, and industry leaders who are changing the way we deliver care. There's an episode that you should check out called Primary Care Reimagined with Subscription-Based Preventative Care Model. It's an inspiring call for a paradigm shift in primary care. All of their episodes highlight innovative ideas at the forefront of the movement to transform our healthcare system. Check out Medicine in America on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.